At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Minnesota Tim Podcast. Rate and review the podcast wherever you're currently listening to this podcast. But let's dive into it right away. Jake's Takes. It's Wednesday morning. It's tradition. What is this? Four or five weeks in a row? Man, this is crazy. Well, maybe maybe more than that. Six right? weeks in a row? Seven yeah, weeks in a row? Six and one, seven, I don't know. Five and one, but through six weeks? Yep. This has been the best we've ever done. Uh, specifically me, I'm... Finally holding myself accountable and doing podcasts more regularly. But it was a huge week. I mean, we got a lot to dive into. The Vikings defeated the Dolphins, but even uh, bigger than that, Jacob's record up to the bye week was 100% correct. Uh, He has a vision, and he casted that vision. Um, He is a psychic. He knows your thoughts. He sees the future. He is a prophet of the Minnesota Vikings 2022 season. And he's also the offensive coordinator for Litchfield. So we'll talk about the Vikings in a little bit, but more important than that is revenge mania, Litchfield dragons versus Watertown mayor football. We graduated from Watertown for those that listen, that aren't from Watertown, Jacob coached and taught at Watertown. And then he jumped ship, kind of like the Green Bay Packers, Zedaria Smith to the Minnesota Vikings, mm-hmm. except for the kind of the exact opposite because the Litchfield Dragons are green. Um, so uh, Jacob jumped ship from Watertown to Litchfield. Now he coached against Watertown. Give us the details of this matchup. Well, it was an eventful, eventful evening last Thursday night. Um, Kids were hyped because I, you know, I talked it up as a big, big, meaningful game. And as to be honest, I, I, I had those butterflies. I did. You know, I'm not going to lie. I had those kind of that because I knew all those Watertown kids, you know, um, taught most of them. So I, you know, I care about those kids. And then I knew the obviously the coaching staff over there. One was Ben Tyson, family friend kind of thing for his entire life. Um, 
the other coach is Finkelson, whom you and I know really well. You know, he's he taught me and he was our basketball coach over when we were in high school. I don't remember if he was your eighth or ninth grade coach or JVU, depending. But either way, he, he coached us. Um, and then I coached with him the last five years. So obviously the joking was going back and forth in our text chain. Me and Fink were talking some smack before the game. So it, it was a big one. So our kids were amped. I'm sure their kids were amped. There's some trash talking on the field when they showed up, you know, and stuff. So all healthy, good stuff. Um, first couple plays, they just, I, I think we were almost too nervous, like a little bit uneasy. They they scored mm. like within a couple plays. It was 8-0, just like boom, like that. Hmm. Um, our you're like Nick Saban five, on the sideline where you're yelling and pissed off. Nope. I just said, I just kind of, I was the, I'm more of a calm presence. So I just mm, kind of yeah. walked around and said, you know, Hey, they're just as good as we are. I think it's two pretty even opponents. If we don't show up, that's what they're going to do all day. You know? Um, cause we were, what would we be? We were four and two. So we were kind of, you know, we, we we're good, but we also thought we were really good too. So you got to remember when you play a good team, you got to focus. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I don't remember if we fumbled or we, like, we had a very quick possession um, and they had the ball back. And then in the back of my head, I was like, oh, oh this could get, you know, rough quick. Um, they tried to do a pitch. Our D end was just standing there and picked off their pitch and ran it back for a touchdown. Wow. So we tied the game. Big, big momentum, big yeah. play. Yep. Um, they went down. They, you, you remember uh, Robert Danielson? Oh, absolutely. Oh, no doubt. He dunked the ball before uh, before games. Yep. Yeah. His boy is in eighth grade, Blake, and he had like a 55-yard touchdown pass or receiving. He's a tight end. So they threw the next possession. They threw a 55-yarder to him, a little tight end seam route, and he was untouched. That was He's looking like a pretty good athlete. Um, and then we had our two-minute drill at the end of the half. It actually was perfect. We were spiking the ball. We were doing outs. We did a halfback pass that got us like 40 yards. Hmm. We were just pulling every trick out of the playbook here. Um, scored with like 10 seconds left before half. So that was pretty fun. So we, it was 16-14 we were winning because we got both our two-point conversions. Um, whole third quarter, boring as heck. Fumbles, three and outs, both teams. Fourth quarter, pretty much the same thing. It was our ball on our own, like it was around the 15 or 10 yard line because we were huddled up in our own end zone. So this is the end of the story here. Okay. Um, and you guys have six, the lead right now, 16, 14. 16, 14. So no one scored. Um, there's like three minutes left. They called a timeout to stop the clock. It was like third and 15 because I just ran it up the gut twice. So I was like, we're not going to fumble because it was like 35 degrees. So there's just both teams are fumbling like crazy. Yeah, <laughs> this like, is like, like the ice bowl one. game in Green Bay, right? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to fumble and like give them a ten yard field. You know, it's we just if worst case if we have to punt, we have to punt, and then they at least have to go forty yards, kind of thing. Yeah. So they call timeout in third and fifteen. I'm like, well, we could be aggressive here. So I asked, the, <laughs> <laughs> I asked the guys in the huddle, and I was like, all right, like I see it as two options. We can run our just run it up the gut or kind of like a sweep or something and just, you know, don't get a safety and don't turn it over, make them call their timeout. Or we can go with kind of, we have a fake swing pass or a fake bubble pass. And then a guy, one of the blockers leaks out for like a bomb. I'm intrigued. So I just call it the bubble bomb because it's a fake bubble. <laughs> and then you throw the bomb. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, they kind of actually, it was pretty civilized. They all talked about it. Some, a couple of them were like, we should just be safe. Or, they can't score on us. They can't score on us. I'm like, yeah, that's true. They haven't in the ha- second half. And then some of them were like, yeah, but we should just go for the kill. You know, and then, so they all talked about it. Finally, they lead, 
looked at the quarterback. He's like, I think we should go for the kill. Yeah. And, and I was hoping, I mean, I was probably going to call that anyway, but I was, I was happy they agreed with me. So we did that play. And then, so you fake the, the out pass kind of to our, kind of our fastest player, the safety. I'm watching, I'm just watching the safety because the rest of it, I don't even care. Safety took like two, three steps in because he thought it was going to be that little swing pass. And I'm like, we got him. My, my blocker releases from his block and starts running his go route. Quarterback had just enough time. Mine was great. Throws a little, you know, teardrop. Teardrop over the safety in the corner who both crashed in thinking it was a little swing pass to our best player. Catches it and he trots down the field for a nice like 85-yard touchdown <laughs> to basically seal the game. That so it was awesome. And then I'm running by, you know, so that obviously our sideline's going nuts. There's actually kind of a lot of people there because the fifth and sixth grade game was after that, like the Litchfield game. So there was actually like kind of, they were waiting for our game to be over. So was this in Litchfield like, or in Watertown? It was in Litchfield, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, much to my dad's chagrin, I texted him that we were the rivalry game. I'm like, Watertown in Litchfield tomorrow. And then he showed up at Watertown. I'm like, oh, I thought you said it was in Watertown. <laughs> He's like, I put my coat on and everything. Like, <laughs> read the text. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, Litchfield so, beat Watertown. Yep. And so you'll, you'll love this. So, obviously, we have to go down and do the two point conversion. I was as jacked as I've probably been in a long time. <laughs> yeah. I was like fist pumping and screaming, let's go. And, because it was pretty chippy. Both teams were pretty... I mean, it was two good teams, so it was made it extra fun. And think... So the coaches in middle school football are on the field, kind of like behind everything, just to kind of talk to the players. But, you know, I tell them in the huddle quick and try to back out so I'm not doing too much coaching. Same on defense, right? So Finkelson's on defense. <laughs> Had to do the run-by of Mr. Finkelson there yeah, on that yeah. long 80-yard play as his defense just gave up the game... Losing touchdown. That was a little dramatic. I didn't say I bit my tongue. I thought about talking some smack. Figured that wasn't the time. But. <laughs> yes, he, he has a little bit of a serious face. A little serious. He does. He, he wants to win. He's a very competitive person. Yeah. And we talked after, obviously. It was great. You that know. was my next question. Did you guys handshake at the 50 yard line or was it uh, was it a quick handshake and then a dart to the locker room? There, there was a there was a lot of media there. Um yeah. With cameras to make sure, because they were thinking it might be a PJ Fleck uh, coach kill situation yes. if you're a Gophers fan. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't. No. So I will say probably half the Watertown players didn't shake my hand. Um, some of them because they actually were angry, I think, and some because like that, like we have that vibe. Like I'm a very sarcastic teacher, and the ones who get it, like, you know, they were doing it back to me, and that's funny. Mm-hmm. Some of them I don't, some of them I think were actually mad, but that's okay. Um, they're eighth graders. It's fine. It was emotional. Yeah. Um, Enjoy the and loss. They played really well. Big bucko. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was fine. That, but no. But so Finkelson and Ben, we did shake hands, and it was cordial. We talked after a little bit. And yeah. So, but it was really fun. It was a lot of fun. That's awesome. I, I could just picture the play in my head. Honestly, a bubble screen pass. I yeah. like that play. Maybe we have Kevin a little yeah, trips. You have trips, and then you have like two blockers. You know. And yeah. you're fake throwing it to one guy, and one of those two, but one of the blockers leaks out. It's yeah, Connor will watch the tape and then install that offensive play into the Minnesota Vikings offense during the bye week. And that might be. I can go down to TCO if that'd be helpful. I mean, they they could use the help on offense based on last game transition. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 exactly. Look at us, man. We're like Segway radio professionals. Topic. Oh, professional. My goodness, I'm so. I'm just amazed. Well, I'm just following the run of show. The run of show said, talk about middle school football 
segue to Vikings football. So I'm just doing my job. Yeah. Well, you're doing a wonderful job. Thanks. Um, so speaking of the last <laughs> game, the Minnesota Vikings defeated the Dolphins 24-16. They moved to 5-1, and one, entering the bye week, which we talked about a little bit earlier. My first question is this. How did you know the Vikings would be 5-1 and one at the bye week? I predicted 4-2. and two. Um, Now, I'm going to ask a follow-up question to this. So let's not touch on the second half of the season yet. Um, but 5-1, and one, your thoughts. Sure. So, yeah, I did. I, I'm... Or I'm six for six so far predicting. Yeah. I will say, not to jump ahead, I have the Cardinals as a loss. I thought that'd be a, a tougher game. So we'll see if it holds. But yeah, five and one. Um, this isn't exactly what I thought in terms of by now, I thought our offense would be a little bit more of a well oiled machine. It seems like this podcast is a little bit of, and everybody, not just us, but it's a little bit of wash, rinse, repeat, right? Where it's like, well, the offense didn't look great. The defense <laughs> had moments, but they looked like they got kind of torched. And then somehow the Vikings came away with the win, right? That's okay in week two and week three when we were saying that. But now it's starting to be like, okay, is it going to get better? Because obviously this pattern is not sustainable. Like they're going to lose these games that aren't that are the, the 50 50 games basically have all gone their way so far. Yeah. And, Part of that is on the Vikings. Like they are earning it. They're making enough plays. They're doing like even that, but without that Waddle fumble, like who's to say the Dolphins don't win that game? You know, the, again, the Vikings took advantage of it at the end. They did. Dalvin Cook scored the touchdown. They got the two, two score lead. Everything works out. But like, so they're taking advantage of the things they need to, but it's like, what was that 17 where we ended up like 13 and three or whatever it was? Yeah. Yep. Like, that season had magic and we kept pulling wins out of our, you, you know, our butts Arsh. just out of nowhere. Yeah. But, but it felt like a magic season. This is kind of the same thing, but I, I don't feel any magic yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I, I keep the waiting Lions for it to game fail. was a little magical. The yeah. throw to KJ Osborne. Uh, yeah. The that final was, minute. It was. That one felt a little magical. And then I came on the podcast and said, this could be similar to Favre to Greg Lewis. Yep. And here we yeah. are five and one. Uh, I read an article yesterday where it showed that the Vikings were five and one to start the 2016 season with Sam Bradford at quarterback. <laughs> yeah, and then yep. finished the season eight and eight and missed out on the playoffs after I'm um, having an abysmal finish. Um, mm-hmm. So I, people are making a huge deal about this about about the three and outs that the Vikings had against yeah. the Dolphins. What ten three and outs? I think we had yeah. a three and out. Um, every possession in the first quarter and get a first down until the second quarter. I'm not putting too much into that. I think that like, if you get a first down and then you punt the ball away versus you just punt the ball away right away, there's not that much of a difference there. I mean, maybe a little bit in field position, maybe a little bit in offensive rhythm, but regardless you're scoring zero points. And my takeaway from this game is that even when the Minnesota Vikings are struggling offensively, they still scored 24 points in that game, which uh-huh. like 30 something or 40 something, which isn't a high point total, but it's not 19 to 16 Chargers Broncos kind of points either. Yep. The Vikings are finding ways to score points. And I was actually encouraged by that performance instead of discouraged. Uh-huh. The Bills, they scored 19 points against the Dolphins. So uh-huh. the Dolphins have a good defense. Yes, they do. Yep. And I, I don't know. I'm not I'm I'm not that discouraged by the twenty four point total. 
Yep. No. And I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm like overly discouraged. It's just, you're kind of waiting for it to look dynamic. And there's a lot of times of the game where it doesn't look dynamic, especially, and maybe that's feels worse because we're used to Dalvin cook being just like a hundred yards a game machine. Mm -hmm. And he is not, whether it's him, I think it's more scheme related that they're just not emphasizing getting him yards the way that Mike Zimmer would. Obviously Mike Zimmer was pound the ball down your throat kind of guy. Um, so maybe that just makes it feel worse too, is that you're used to seeing Dalvin Cook be like the staple of the offense and he's kind of an afterthought. Obviously he broke off that big run at the end, but without that, I forget the exact numbers, but it, he had like, it was like 10 carries for like 15 yards or something ridiculous. Yeah. Like it was like absolutely atrocious. And like you said though, the Dolphins defense, I mean, they were three and zero with Tua um, with some important wins. Like they were, they are a good team if you have a competent quarterback in there. Um, mm-hmm. So, but it's kind of funny. So I was listening to, uh, I don't even remember what, was it Power Trip? I don't remember. But they were talking about Patrick Peterson. And yeah. in the post-game interview, because um, like Teddy Bridgewater ended up with 300 some yards despite not playing in the first quarter. Um, or, you know, most of whatever. And uh, they mentioned that to Peterson. Like, ah, Teddy Bridgewater had whatever yards. He's like, wait, really? He's like, I thought we did better than that. And then he looked at the stats and realized that their defense kind of got torched for yards purposes. I was saying they didn't convert it into points, but mm-hmm. just kind of that bend, but don't break. We've talked about in the last couple of weeks, like they're, offense, defense, both sides. They're just doing enough. They're not yeah. ever looking spectacular. They're not flashing with us with anything. That's for nope. Sure. But they're not really grenading us either so far. You know, they're mm-hmm. not really like the, the biggest thing I think we've, or, you know, people have been pointing out or pointing to is last year, Mike Zimmer was the worst in the NFL and point differential in the last uh, two minutes of halves. And this year, the Vikings are number one. Now, that's not just Zimmer's fault, but just like it shows that when they need to convert, they are converting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that so. was one of my points that I made on the podcast on Monday when when the Vikings have made mistakes this season. And I guess it's a little different, but. When they have made mistakes this season, they've been able to overcome those mistakes. Meaning, you mentioned the Jalen Waddle fumble. Uh, Greg Joseph missed the extra point to put the Vikings up uh, 17 to 10 eventually. And then you're looking at that drive and you're thinking, oh my gosh, the Dolphins are going to take the lead 17-16 because of Greg Joseph's missed field Uh goal. And you can look back at previous games and look at Kirk Cousins' interception against the uh, Saints, uh, the play against the Lions in the first half in the third quarter. And the Vikings have been able to overcome all of these mistakes, which it didn't seem like they were doing in the past. You would look at that Greg Joseph missed extra point in the past and think, oh my word, this is going to cost the Vikings the game. And then the Vikings defense forced a turnover and Dalvin Cook basically sealed it with the with the 50-something yard touchdown run. So I think that's been a theme so far this season. Yeah, well, I, the, I think the evidence is clear when our group text with me, you, and Adam and Andy I don't think anybody said, oh, I'm sure that missed extra point's going to cost us yeah, later. Right. That's usually an automatic that, that, you know, I'm sure we won't lose by one now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was waiting for somebody to, because I almost said it myself because no one was saying it. Um, so that's even proof that things are going better, that the four of us are like, nah, maybe that won't hurt us this time. I may have sent it, but I was on a fall retreat this weekend, so I couldn't watch the game until three o'clock. <laughs> well, until like six o'clock, actually. Um, sure. So I didn't, Otherwise, uh, yeah, you'd have been sending it off. I think so. I think I would have probably sent that one off. I would have bit on the bait. <laughs> so, yeah, it is uh, the low hanging fruit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, 
yeah, like you said earlier, five and one at the bye week. You are correct. Yes. I think I don't remember exactly what your second half record was before the start of the season, but you had us losing quite a bit of games. Like you mentioned, you had the the, the Vikings losing the Cardinals game. Do you want to switch and change that prediction? Do you want to um, amend your original prediction? Yeah, well, so let's just take, let's just look at the next five games just for kind of the short-term perspective here. So versus Arizona, obviously looks a lot easier than we thought it would, but there's still not a pushover. Um. Then after that, at Washington should be a win. That's what I had as a win. But then the next three weeks after that, at Buffalo, loss that'd be tough. Versus Dallas, they look like one of the. They look like a better team than the Vikings right now. And then versus New England on Sunday Night Football, Bailey Zap. Yeah, which again, I know the Patriots aren't insane. Um, obviously, like they're but. There, that's still a competent team. So, like the schedule, does, we're kind of in the middle. We're about to end, I should say, the easy kind of part of the schedule. Then it picks up a little bit in that kind of last chunk, and then we have the Bears and the Lions again, which should be wins. At Lambeau is one of the last, it's either last week or I think it's the second to last week. Um, so, you know, a couple hard games left, but yeah, no, I have them at ten and seven. It's yeah, five and one, the way they're looking, and and honestly, the part that. I think changed from what we were when we were predicting this in August, early September. What's different is that the NFC is, I think, worse than we thought. Yes. I think that's the biggest thing that changed with our like a bunch of teams are worse than we thought. Yeah. Um, Packers included, right? I mean, obviously they might figure it out, but just the idea that the schedule looks potentially even easier. Cause even the Cowboys, their defense is great, but their offense is, I mean, I know Dak's been out, but like even with Dak, it's not going to be like a Buffalo Bills style or Chiefs style offense. So, like, mm-hmm. that's a winnable game. Patriots, again, they're going to be a 500 team winnable game. Colts, we play later. They're going to be a 500. Matt Ryan, do we really? I mean, I know their defense is okay. Jonathan Taylor's good, but Matt Ryan, you're not really scared of them. Could they win? Yes, but I would still pick the Vikings at this point, um, which I did as well in August. Mm-hmm. But the point is, schedule the just the NFL in general some of the teams we thought would be really good aren't as good as we thought yeah so and like the Giants like could the Vikings beat the Giants absolutely you know mm-hmm. like seemed like a layup but again as another five and one team like if those two played this week that'd be two of the probably the worst five and one teams in history <laughs> to ever play probably so, <laughs> oh man could the Vikings take advantage and end up 12 and five absolutely but yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like you mentioned earlier, the 50-50 games that the Vikings have won so far through the first six weeks of the season. They've won every single one of them. And like you mm-hmm. said earlier, and like we've said in the past, they're bound to lose at least one of these games, unless Kirk Cousins is just going to have game-winning drive after game-winning drive after game-winning drive. Speaking yep. of 50-50 games that we won, so the Vikings beat the Dolphins with the backup quarterback. Skylar Thompson got yep. hurt, then Teddy came in. They beat... Yep. The Saints with the backup quarterback, Andy Dalton, filled in for Jameis Winston. And this is another trend this season. You look in the past and you think, oh, my gosh, the backup quarterback against the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are going to be haunted by this backup quarterback, whether it was Cooper Rush last year. I mean, you could go all the way back to like the 2003-2004 season when Josh McCown knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs. No! Yeah, it's Paul <laughs> Allen's no call. Um yeah. 
that's been another trend so far this season. We have not been haunted by backup quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, so I, the, that begs the question, would we rather in a couple, it's like four weeks from now, we'd probably would rather play Dak Prescott, right? <laughs> well, Cooper Rush, Cooper Rush is going to beat us. I mean, that's, that's true. I mean, he beat us last year, 14 yeah. to seven. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe at that point, Dak will still be the backup. Is there a quarterback controversy? No, we're not Stephen A. Smith. We're not. No. Um, we're not dumb. Sorry, yeah. he's not dumb, but that was a dumb take. I think actually it was even Skip Bayless. I don't think it was Stephen A. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, a, I mean, Skip is the big Dallas Cowboys fan. Yeah, I think he was the one that was saying that Cooper Rush might be better. But yeah, anyway. he's got the heart, the yeah. intangibles. I think that's great, but Dak's better. Yeah, that's my counter argument. Right. There's a reason why Dak got 40 million. Maybe he's overpaid, but there's also a reason why he got that right. amount of money. Um, yeah. So this is what we do on the Wednesday, starting last week. Robe of the week, which means the MVP of the mm. week. Last year, it was an obvious choice for the both of us. There's one choice and one choice only, and it was Amir Smith Marset for the Chicago yeah. Bears, a former Minnesota Viking player who the Chicago Bears released this week um, following their game on Sunday. Which, I mean, shows that the Vikings were right in, uh, in releasing him. Yeah. So, like, not so easy. You could go Zadarius Smith, who had a couple of sacks and a bunch mm-hmm. of pressures. You could go Harrison Smith, who had um, two takeaways defensively. Obviously, yeah. you could go Kirk Cousins or Dalvin Cook or Justin Jefferson or Kevin O'Connell or, I mean, it's our Jalen Waddle, maybe. <laughs> There's a lot yeah. of different ways you could take this. So, who is your robe of the week? I know. I was thinking about that. Yeah. Cause like Waddle was the first one that came into my mind as like the theme of, you know, the Vikings robe of the week is not given to a Viking because that's kind of the way the season has gone. Yeah. I will say that we, can't, we didn't really talk about, but yeah, the one thing that was encouraging about the defense was I feel like this is the first week they figured out how to get pressure on the quarterback consistently. Mm-hmm. Like like you said, Zedaria Smith, even Daniel Hunter finally looked like he was participating in the pass rush. I mean, you know, he always has, but like he actually was getting to the quarterback finally. You actually saw um, him flash. You actually saw him. Like the announcer yeah. said his name once, and you're like, oh, there we go. Okay. Daniel <laughs> yeah. Hunter's back. Um, so that was fun. So that hopefully that's a trend that's moving forward. Um, but anyway, back to the robe of the week. Yeah, all the offensive players had good options. You could give Dalvin Cook for that one run. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the, I think I, the other one I was thinking about was you could go with Vikings fans because like half of that stadium was Vikings fans. So I think mm-hmm. that was kind of fun. You, you could go officials to too with all the holding calls they called in the second quarter. <laughs> yeah, holding calls. Give it to Teddy just for, you know, for a good classic Teddy effort where he gets them <laughs> the team close, but he doesn't quite convert. So you give it to Teddy. Um, but I think I'm going to have to go with my guy, Jalen Waddle without that fumble. And it was kind of a lame fumble. Like our guy just kind of barely touched the ball out of his arm and it went flying up. I wasn't convinced the Vikings were going to stop him. I was, con- I was a hundred percent convinced it was about to be at 17, 16. So um, without that fumble, Things get dicey. Vikings took advantage. So I think that was the turning point in the game. Jalen Waddle, robe of the week. I'm going to give it to Smith on defense. Now you can <laughs> fill in the blank whether that's Harrison Smith or Zadaria Smith. I'm just picking both of them. Um, no. yeah, it's so a big robe. Yeah, a huge robe. Massive robe. <laughs> I mean, this is this thing is like a blimp kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but Harrison Smith's two takeaways. Zadaria Smith's amazing defensive end performance. Um, 
I mean, Jalen Waddle's fumble was caused by Harrison Smith, and Harrison Smith had the interception before halftime, which bobbled around between like three or four different yeah, Vikings. I was, kind of, yeah. I was waiting for Julian Edelman to sneak in and jump in and snag it away last minute from our from mm-hmm. Kendricks and Smith betting it back and forth. And then the Vikings yep. kicked, kicked, kicked the field goal uh, before halftime. Classic yep. Eddie Bridgewater throw there. Um, so I'll give it to the Smiths on defense for my okay. robe of the week. Um, the Timberwolves debut season opener is tonight. I think at Target Center against the Oklahoma City yep. Thunder. I will not be there. You will probably not be there. But do you have any like inkling on where the Timberwolves will finish this season in the Western Conference with Rudy Gobert? I'll probably do a podcast tomorrow reacting to the first game, giving a little season preview of my thoughts. So let's hear your takeaways. It's kind of fun. I mean, that's the most excited I think Minnesota's been about basketball in a long time. Um, Johnny Krasinski, Johnny Athletic, was talking about the Wolves added 2,500 season ticket holders this year. So they went from bottom of the league to, I thought, I believe he said the first in the league in terms of percentage of season ticket holders. Um, they've sold out. They've sold the same number of tickets right now as they had of like late November last year. So they're like wow. two months ahead of their like single game sales. Now don't um, blow it, Timberwolves. Well, that's the thing. So people are excited and it makes sense. And, you know, people will talk about the trade in the future until the cows come home. Was it worth all those first round picks? I mean, in the short term, there's no doubt that it will be. It might be clunky to start. That's the biggest thing I hope Wolves fans understand is that Towns and Gobert played one game together and it looked kind of not great, that preseason game. It'll take some time for them to figure it out. It'll take some time for Ed- Edwards to figure out how to use the space when you have Gobert and Towns on the court at the same time. The schedule is easy, but it'll be clunky to start. They played like the Spurs twice, the Thunder. They have some easy games. Um, over under wise, I think they're at 48 and a half, and I would probably hit the over. I would say they're going to beat that over under. Um, probably not by a ton. That's the biggest thing that people don't realize as well. I keep seeing people like chalk the wolves and like easy two or three or four seed. Like they're yeah. going to be, I mean, they will be. I do think they'll be good, but I think what people don't realize is there's going to be a log jam of their potentially like six, seven teams that could have like 50 to or 40, I'd say 48 to like 53 wins. Like the Western conference is still really, really, really good. Right. And there's, there's the bottom three or four teams. You have the jazz, the rockets, the thunder, the spurs are going to be four teams that are absolutely trashed. So that's every single team in the playoffs are going to be able to beat those teams a bunch of times, right? So like, you don't have an advantage from that. Now, two of them are in the Wolves division, which helps um, play them a little bit extra. It's not inconceivable the Wolves could be in the playing game, is my point. I want Wolves fans to be ready for that emotionally. Because wow. all you have to do is be a six seed. And again, you could be a 48-win team, potentially, and be a six seed, right? And I'm not talking like... Or sorry, the seventh seed. Seventh seed, yeah. But yeah, Not we know what you meant. Out of the sixth seed. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, because like you have the Mavs, who will be right in that same range. The Nuggets will probably be better. Um Pelicans the Clippers, will be legit, I'm sure. If, if Zion stays the healthy. Tier. Yep. Pelicans should be in like the same tier of that six to ten seed range. Obviously, I don't think the Wolves will fall to a ten. I think the Wolves will be in the top eight for sure. But it's just they could end up at that seven. You've got the Warriors. The Clippers should have everybody back and will probably be a top four team. Um, the Nuggets should be a top four team. The Suns, like that's already five, six teams that you could probably easily argue could be better than the Wolves. So it's 
again, a successful season, I think, is coming. I think they're going to win 48-plus games right in that 50-win mark, right in that range. However, that the top seven teams from the West could also all be right in that range. So mm-hmm. I just emotionally, Wolves, be ready. If we are a six or seven seed, that doesn't mean that it was a failure. It just means that the West was probably better than, you know, even the Lakers, if they figured out, I, I wouldn't count on LeBron James and Anthony Davis to figure it out. Yeah. If Anthony Davis looks like two years ago, Anthony Davis, which is still possible, he's not over the hill yet, they could be a top six team. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's just going to be a layup. Wolves fans two seed kind of thing mm-hmm. or three seed or even four seed is like a given. It's possible. It might just come down to a game or two to be that three seed or that seven seed. So the big thing the Wolves have going for them that I think some of those teams don't. Sorry, this has been a long rant. No, go go ahead. Just let it roll. <laughs> let it rip. I, th- I think the one thing the Wolves fans or Wolves the Wolves team I should say will have going for them is that I think they're going to take this regular season very seriously. Mm. Whereas I think teams like the Warriors, like they take it seriously, but they're also going to have more load management. The Clippers are going to have a lot of load management with Kawhi and Paul George back. Good um, Lakers, of course, will have some load management. Like there's going to be teams that the Suns too with Chris Paul, like they take the playoff or they take the regular season seriously, but they're okay with if they fall a seed or two, kind of life goes on. Even the Warriors have some load management too with those main stars that they have. Um, the Wolves, I don't think we'll have much of that, right? They're they're all young other than Gobert. Um, this is the first time they've been together. I think they're going to be kind of all out in the regular season trying to prove that they should be a good team, if that makes sense. They have a lot to prove. Those other teams don't have anything to prove, really. They've mm-hmm. been there before. They've done it. They know they're going to be in the playoffs. The Wolves are the new kids on the block. They got to prove that they belong. In the Grizzlies, we didn't even mention them, right? They could yeah. be better than the Wolves, too. So, anyway. They're going to take the regular season seriously, which could help them. You know, they want to prove that they're one of the top six teams in the West. And that means showing up every day and trying to win as many regular season games as they can. So they do have that going for them. So that could go in their favor, but we'll see. I don't know. Right around 50 wins is my prediction. Finch coach of the year. Gobert defensive player of the year. (laughs) Um, Edwards MVP. Edwards MVP and uh, Jalen Noel, sixth man of the year. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, don't see any, I don't see anything wrong with that. Uh, oh, no, yeah, it, it should be fun, though. It should be. They should actually be fun to watch, which is also just as far as we are concerned. That's fun. So yeah, yeah. I think it's about poopy milkshake time. Uh, it's time to wrap up the Minnesota Tim podcast. Jake, forgot, did he reach out to you by the way last week after we shouted out him all the time? Or he what? did. He did reach out to me. He told me the story about it. He told me why oh, yeah. it was poopy milkshake. He actually just sent the message to me last night. And I haven't read it yet. He said, it's like a while, but here's where I think the name Poopy Milkshake came from. My son, Tyler, and his friend, when they were between eight and 10 years old, came up with funny names that were combinations of bad words, food colors. I think they put them in a hat and drew out of combinations. Poopy Milkshake was one. Bill eats chicken was another. No real meaning other than fourth graders having fun the way fourth graders do. That honestly clears it up a lot because that makes way more sense. Because I thought it was just some random kind of old man just going, ha ha. Yeah. Poopy milkshake's funny. But no, when, when you hear that it's from a kid, you're like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. I could see all my fifth graders saying poopy milkshake is really funny. So Yeah, or it's a really good cover-up story. It's a perfect cover-up story. True. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Minnesota Tim Podcast. I seriously have a poopy milkshake on its way in a matter of seconds. Jakes, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for doing what you do. I appreciate it all. Thank you.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.